started. Okay, welcome to the second day of Tanakh Yomi, the daily study of Tanakh. We are up to Perak Gimel, the third Perak of Sefer Yehoshua. So it starts off by telling us, Vayashkem Yehoshua Baboker, Yehoshua gets up in the morning, Vayisume Shitim, they travel from Shitim where they were camped up until now. And the whole Jewish people encamped by the banks of the Yardane, the Jordan River, and that's where they stayed for a few days. It was actually for three days, as the next Pasuk tells us. And at that point, the Shotrim, the officers of the Jewish people, uh, speak to the people and tell them the rules, tell them the instructions, give them instructions of what to do, how they're going to cross over the Jordan River. And they tell them the following. First of all, you have to follow the Kohanim. See, the Kohanim are going to be carrying the Arona Kodesh, the Aron Brit Hashem, the Ark of the Covenant, and the rest of, and they're going to go into the Yardain. And we're going to see that they are going to be the ones who are going to cause the Yardane to split. And the Jewish people have to simply follow them. But not too close. They have to keep a distance of 2,000 amot. And I want to just show you an interesting uh, um, or an important point in one of the psukim here that you can't always read the pasuk as it seems. Look at Pasuk Dalid. It says, Ach rachok You have to be distanced from the Aaron, about 2,000 Amot. Alti love. Don't get too close to it. Leman asher do, etc. What does the word Leman mean? So that. So if you read this very quickly, you'll say, okay, so we have to keep a distance from the uh, our own, so that, and then you read the rest of the Pasuk, so that you should know the, the derech, the way that you should walk. Right, from yesterday and the day before, meaning forever. You've never been on this derech, you've never been on this way before, so therefore, therefore what? Therefore keep a distance of 2,000 amos? That doesn't make sense. Keep a distance of 2,000 amos so that you'll know which way to go. That's why the Mepharshim explained that the Laman is not going on what was said immediately before. It's going on the beginning of the Pasuk. You should follow the Aron, and it's as if it's in parentheses. Oh, and by the way, not too close. You know, be 2,000 amos away. And why are you going to follow the Aron? So you know which way to go, because you've never gone in this way before. Yeah? Um... Good question. I have to look that up. I have to figure out why, why it says that. You're right. That's a good question. Okay. Then Yoshua tells the people to start getting ready. And he tells the Kohanim also the ground rules. The Kohanim uh, are going to be carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And Hashem tells Yoshua in Pasuk Zion, Hayom Now I'm going to start to, to make you great 
in the eyes of all of Israel, Asher Yedun, so they should know, Ki Kasher Ayiti Im Moshe Just like I was with Moshe, I'll be with you. You have to understand. Moshe is a little bit of a tough act to follow, right? Chazal say that Moshe was like the sun and Yoshua was like the moon. The moon has no intrinsic light. The moon only reflects the light of the sun. So it's very possible that the Jewish people are going to say like, okay, you know, Yeshua's a nice guy, but you know, he's not even comparable to Moshe Rabbeinu, and they might belittle him. So Hashem is saying, no, I'm going to make you great. The Jewish people are going to fear you and are going to, be, and are going to respect you just like they respected Moshe Rabbeinu. Even though, okay, yes, Moshe is greater, but they're still going to give you the respect that you deserve. Um, and then Hashem tells Yoshua that you should tell the Kohanim who are going to be carrying the ark uh, exactly what to do. And that is that when they get into the middle of the Yardin, they should stop. They're carrying the ark. Picture this. The Kohanim are carrying the ark of the covenant. They get into the middle of the Yardin and they stop. Okay, that's what Hashem told Yoshua. And then starting from Pasuk Tet, Yoshua repeats this to the people. Shem tells Yoshua, Yoshua tells the people what's going to happen. And let's just look at Pasuk Yud, a very nice Pasuk. Vayomer Yoshua bezoteidun. This is how you shall know. Ki kel chai bechem, that there's a living God in your midst. Vahoresh yorish mi pnechem et haknani, vet hachiti, vet hachivi, chivi, veprizi, vet hagirgashi, vayamari vayivusi. And he will... Get rid of. Horish Yorish means he will kick out, he will dis, uh, dislocate, he'll, he'll, he'll cause to be uh, expelled. These Goyim, these nations, he says, don't worry. When you cross over the Yardain, you're going to be able to conquer these nations. Look at Pasuk Ish. And this is a strange pasuk. Because in the middle of him describing how they're going to cross over the Ardain, <clears throat> he says, and I want you to take 12 people. And then the next pasuk, he goes on to something else and continues with what's going to happen when the, when the Kohanim go into the, into the middle of the Ardain. So what's this pasuk about the 12 people? It doesn't explain what, what these 12 people are for. This, the Mepharshim point out, is going to be explained in, next, in the next parak. In the next parak, we're going to see what these 12 people are for. But Yoshua is just saying, and by the way, you also got to, you know, got to pick 12, uh, 12 representatives of Am Yisrael for a specific purpose that we're going to need them for later on. But now let's get back to the issue at hand, and that is crossing over the Yardin. And what's going to happen is the moment the Kohanim's feet uh, go into the Ardain, go into the river, the river is going to split. How exactly is it going to split? So let's look at Pasuk Yud Gimel. Right? When their feet touch the Ardain, the waters of the Jordan will split. Hamayim hayordim ilamala v'yamdun edachat, which means that it's not going to be like split in half, like we, you always see the pictures of the uh, splitting of the Yamsuf, right? It's like there were two halves. That's not what's going to be here. 
The Yarden is a river, it's a flowing river. And what's going to happen is that the part that's flowing up until the point where the Kohanim are, that's what's going to stop and is going to stand up. It's basically going to go up instead of down, downstream. It's just going to keep climbing up higher and higher into the sky. And the water that's beyond the Kohanim, it's going to flow and that's it. It's going to leave. So it's basically it's going to be dry land downriver from where the Kohanim are. And upriver, there's going to be this big, tremendous pillar of water that's just going to build up as the Yardane keeps on flowing and has nowhere to go. It's just going to go up. And then, starting from Pasuk Yudalit, it actually happens. This is the, the, the telling over of what actually happened. It says exactly what we said. The Kohanim are, were, were leading the people. And when the carriers of the Aron, i.e. the Kohanim, stepped into the Ardain, even though it was, fill, it was full, it wasn't like the Ardain was, uh, was uh, a week, it wasn't a weak time. It wasn't a time when the Ardain is, is half empty. It was a time when the Ardain was full, as it says at the end of Pasuk Tedvav. Vayardain malei al kol gidotav kol yamei katsir during the whole harvesting period. Nonetheless, it stood up as one pillar. And then it says, Not really sure what that says. I, don't, I didn't see in the Mepharshim, they explain why it has to tell us that it was far from this place called Adam, which is near Tsartan. For whatever reason, it must be at that time, it was like a far off place and and even they were able to see the, the, the waters of the river building up like a pillar. And the, the Perak ends, The Kohanim stood in the on dry land, inside the river, but on dry land. They were ready for their job. And the Jewish people started crossing over in dry land, until the entire nation crossed over the Yarden. So basically, the Perek that we just read, Perek Gimel, describes the preparations for and the actual crossing of the Yarden, which is a pretty big, pretty big event. I mean, you know, maybe compared to Kriyas Yamsuf, not, but for talking about miracles, you know, HaKadosh Baruch Hu did an amazing, God did an amazing miracle for the Jewish people. And you really think about it, you guys I'm sure have been in the Yardin, right? The Yardin is not like the Yamsuf. The Yardin is not the deepest river. I think that it wouldn't have been such a terrible thing if the Jewish people could walk in the water or maybe swim a little bit and get right across. It's not very wide. I think what Hashem was saying here is that even though it wasn't as necessary maybe as the Kriya Yamsuf, but God was saying, I want to do this for my people. I want to show them my strength. I want to show them that I'm with them. And as we said before, Hashem wanted to show the Jewish people that Yehoshua is now the leader and he is just as great as Moshe for you guys. And as for you, this is your leader. And he, and I'm going to show you that he is uh, fitting to be the leader of the Jewish people. We move on to the next Perek, Perek Dalid. And now we see 
why God commanded Yoshua to take 12 people in the previous chapter. So after they crossed over the Ardain, Hashem says to Yoshua in Pasuk Bet, One person per tribe. And what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to tell them to take 12 stones from the Jordan River in order to take them with them and put them in the Malone. The Malone is where they're going to be staying that night, which is going to be Gilgal, right? That's where they're going to stay after crossing over. They're going to all encamp in a place called Gilgal. And they have to take 12 stones with them from the Jordan, from exactly where the Kohanim's feet were standing. So Yoshua does this. He gathers 12 people together. And he tells them exactly what to do. Each person picks up a stone. It seems like they were pretty heavy stones because it says each one should put it on their shoulder. It's not, we're not talking about a little stone you can hold in your hand. We're talking about like a boulder. Each one of these 12 representatives was to take one of the stones and to take him with, with them. Um, now, what is the purpose for, of this? Why is Hashem commanding this? Why do we need to take stones out of the Jordan and set them up somewhere in Gilgal? So that's Pasuk Vav. The, the reason is simply, This should be a sign in your midst. Does this remind you of something? Right? Like we say on, on Leila Seder, right? We do certain things so that the children will ask, and then we get to tell them the story. It's sort of like just a, a, a way to start a conversation, and that's what this is also. Hashem is telling us, take those 12 stones, put them in Gilgal, and your children in the future will ask, what are, what are, those, what are these stones all about? And then we can get to tell them, as the next passage says, Because when we crossed over, we got into Eretz Israel, it was a miracle. Hashem split the, the Jordan River. Right? And... B'nai Yisrael in Pasuk Chet listen to the commandment of Yahushua and they do exactly as they were told. Now, something else, yeah? Is it just like in the middle of the desert? Like why would they even be there? Where, right now? Where they are? Right, how would they see it? So, it? so it seems that it must have been that they set up like some kind of a monument there in Gilgal and it must have been a it's not in the middle of the desert, no. I don't think Gilgal is in the middle of the desert. It's, it's, it's an inhabited place. And, you know, it's a place where people will visit. And, and the kids will ask, hey, what, what is this all about, you know, in the future? So in Pasuk Tet, there's a new thing. It, if you don't read it carefully, you'll think it's the same 12 stones, but it's different. Look at Pasuk Tet. Avanim. <clears throat> Besides telling them to take out 12 stones, he also told them, or he himself, put 12 stones into the Ardain, right beneath where the Kohanim were standing. The ones who were carrying them. And those stones are there until this day. The problem is that those stones are now covered by river. But I'm sure if you do a, you know, an archaeological dig, Somewhere you can figure out, you can find this 
strange, you know, 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan somewhere, and we'll be able to find out that that's where the, uh, the Jewish people crossed over the Yardane. Um, so look at the next Pasuk, Pasuk Yud. So the Kohanim were still standing in the middle of the Jordan. Ad tom Listen very closely. <clears throat> they stood there until uh, everything that Hashem had commanded Yoshua to speak to the nation was done. Moshe et Yehoshua, as Moshe had commanded Yehoshua, and the, the, the nation quickly passed over. What are we talking about? What was it that, Moshe, that Hashem commanded Yoshua and Moshe commanded Yoshua? What is this referring to? So, Chazal tell us, the rabbis tell us in Sota, that God commanded uh, Yoshua to speak to the people saying, and this is a very important lesson for us, you should know, that you are crossing over the Jordan on dry land, as I did this whole miracle for you, on condition that you are going to uh, expel the nations that dwell there, the seven Canaanite nations, and you should know that if you don't do it, you're going to be drowned. In other words, it was a precondition. I'm, I am splitting this river and letting you go in through dry land on condition that you're going to fulfill my, my command. And this is something we're going to see a lot in Sefer Yoshua. It's something that has been an Achilles heel for the Jewish people ever since the beginning. You see, we're, we're, very, um, we're very kind-hearted people. We don't like killing other people. We don't like going to war. And, and Hashem knew that. And Hashem wanted to make sure that we don't fall into this trap. And that we understand if God told us to kill out these seven nations, he's not telling us to be cruel people. He's telling us to do it because it's necessary. These people are evil. These people have to be uh, uh, you know, removed from the world, and especially from Eretz Yisrael, so that we can fulfill our ultimate goal, which is to be an, an Am Kadosh, a holy nation. And if we have all these other influences around us, it's not going to work. And it's so important that when we were crossing over the Yardane, Hashem said, you better make sure. This, I'm, doing, I'm only splitting this on condition that you're going to listen to me and that you're going to destroy these seven nations. And unfortunately, as we'll see in Sefer Shoftim, we didn't always do it. That We always left a few of them alive and they were always, uh, you know, a sore, a sore point for the Jewish people. Okay. Um, then, uh, starting from Pasuk Yudbet, B'nai Reuven and God, which we already saw in the first chapter, right? The children of Reuven and God fulfill their promise, right? They're only going to get the other side of the Jordan if they come and fight with the Jewish people. And they came, they came across also, and they came across armed, as it says in Pasuk Yudbet. Chamushim. Chamushim means they were armed. Lifnei b'nei Yisrael kasher diber Moshe, as Moshe said. And there, it gives us even the number in Pasuk Yud Gimel. There were about 40,000 armed soldiers that came across uh, the, the, the Jordan River to help the Jewish people fight their enemies. And then in Pasuk Yudalim, Biyomahu Gidel Hashem, as he said he's going to do, Hashem 
raised up, exalted Yahushua Beinei Kol Yisrael Vayiru Oto Kasher Yaru Et Moshe Kol All throughout Yahushua's life, they feared him just like they feared Moshe Rabbeinu. So he was the Talmud, he was the student, and he was not as great as Moshe, but they feared him just as much as they did Moshe. Yes. <laughs> That's true, but it was always a, it was always a minority. It was a very loud minority, but I think the majority of the people, like for example, the Chet Ha'egel, the, the the worst one of the worst sins the Jewish people did in the desert, right? The golden calf, three thousand Jews did it, three thousand people, and a lot of them were the Erev Rav, right? The mixed multitude, but the vast majority of the Jewish people did believe in Moshe and did fear Moshe and, and respect Moshe. It's just that the problem was there were rabble rousers who always caused trouble. Which you know we have to learn how to uh, you know put down those uh, those mm -hmm. rabble rousers and you know put them in their place and uh, but I, th I think that's the answer I think that uh, the majority did and, and it also could be later on by the end of the uh, of the time in the midbar in the desert the Jewish people as a whole did fear Moshe okay um, finally. In Pasuk Tedvav and Tedzayin, starting there, we see the end of the story of the crossing of the Yardain. The uh, Kohanim step out of the Yardain, and when they step out of the Yardain, the waters continue flowing as they did beforehand. And then in Pasuk Yatet, it tells us when did all this happen? Let me ask you guys, without looking. Anybody know when we crossed over the Ardain? It's an important date in Jewish history. When the Jewish people finally entered Eretz Yisrael. Anyone know? It's the secular calendar. It's around Not the secular calendar. Yeah, I know it's like around like October. No, 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 no. It's right before Pesach. Yud Nisan. Yud Nisan is the date in which the Jewish people crossed over the Ardain. As it says in Pasuk Yotet, right? As we said, they then went to Gilgal where they encamped. Um, huh? Why? Ah, yeah. But the, the, the Yom Kippur is in the seventh month, not in the first month, right? Tishrei is the seventh month. Nisan is the first month. In terms of months, Nisan is the first. It is true that in terms of when the year, you know, switches from tough shin pay aleph to pay bed is going to be tonight uh, on the seventh, in the seventh month, but uh, the first month means Nisan. Um, then in Pasuk Chaf, the Jewish people um, establish, build up, erect those 12 stones, as we said before. And again, the, the Nach repeats the reason for it in Pasuk Chaf Aleph and Chaf Bet, that when your children ask you, what are these stones, you're going to tell them that it's because God split the Jordan River and we took 12 stones out of there and these are the 12 stones. Um, and let's just read the last Pasuk of the Perek, Leman Dat Chav Leman Dat Kol The reason why Hashem did this, why He did this miracle of the the splitting of the Ardain, so that everyone should know. Amea Aretz means all the nations of the land around. Et Yad Hashem ki chazakahi, that it's that God is strong. That's one reason Hashem did this, so that the nations, like we saw, like we saw yesterday, Rachav told 
the two spies how we, they were so afraid because they heard of all the, the amazing things that God did. That was the splitting of the Amsuf, the, the, the killing of Sichon and Og, but it was before Kriat or Kritat Yardain, the splitting of the Yardain, right? This is another thing that the nations will hear and they'll fear God. But there's another reason. That's reason number one. And the, end, the second half of the Pasuk says, Leman yireitem et Hashem lokechem kol it's for the nations, but it's also for us. It's so that you, you, the Jewish people, this is what the fathers are going to tell the sons. You're asking me what these stones are about. It's so that the nations should fear God. It's so that you should fear God. You, my child, you should fear God and understand that God is extremely powerful and God is also good. And he can do, he can save us. All we have to do is follow in his ways and then Hashem will uh, will save us, and we really need that nowadays, right? Uh, we're right before the beginning of the new year. Uh, we need a salvation, and we have to understand that there's one simple way for salvation, and that is lishmor et divrei Hashem. Yes? Uh, why, do you, why do you want the nations to fear God? We have to understand that, you know, we say, put it this way, we say it in Shema every single day. I, mean, I don't know if people know this. The, the, what you're supposed to have, the kavana you're supposed to have when saying Kriyat Shema is Shema Yisrael, hero Israel. Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem is our God. We know that Hashem is God, but Hashem Echad. We want Hashem to be Echad al-Kola Olam, right? We are the chosen nation, but we're not supposed to be the only nation that recognizes God and that fears God and keeps God's word. The entire world is supposed to keep God's word. True, the, the nations of the world are supposed to keep the seven Noahide laws, right? They're not supposed to necessarily keep as much as we do, but they're also supposed to recognize Hashem. So Hashem wants the whole world, right? We talk about in the future, in the times of Mashiach, right? Uh, the whole world will be filled with knowledge of God. That's the ultimate. We don't just want us to be from, so to say, religious and, and, and recognize God. We want the whole world to recognize God. And that's why sometimes God did things to show his strength to the entire world, not just us. And in fact, that's what's going to be in the, in, in the end of days. And that's what I think God is waiting for. God is waiting for the perfect moment when he's going to do the greatest Kiddush Hashem of all history, when he is going to show the world that he is Hashem Hu Elohim in front of the entire nation, in front of all the, all the world, he's going to show that he is the only God and they're going to all, you know, forget about their, their other gods and they're going to recognize God and they're going to keep his mitzvot. Again, which, how many? Not as many as the Jewish people, but they're going to all keep his mitzvot and that's the ultimate goal of, of history. Okay, thank you. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Not shutting off. I don't know how to shut this thing off. I'm sorry. I thought I hit the button, but.